This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. This is Lester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube. And listen on your podcast platform. Oh, Matt Elliott here. Yeah. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch... Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Back of the net. It didn't happen in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reached the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners at last and are history makers at Wembley. A modern day football miracle. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown us all away in truth. Premier League champions 2016, the amazing Leicester City! Good evening. It's Friday evening. It's seven o'clock. It must be Cracker Jack. 
Oh, no, that was something else, wasn't it? It's the preview show. Yes, and guess what? Get, we have actually got a three o'clock Saturday kickoff. I know. I'm not kidding. I'm being serious. This is Lester Till I Die TV. Thank you for watching and listening. You can catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. It's Lester Till I Die TV. Please like, share, subscribe. It all helps us. And if you are listening onto the podcasts, all the main um, podcast platforms, we absolutely, seriously do appreciate it. This is where you can find us. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Broadcasting live worldwide. We are and I'm going to say good evening to Dan, um, my brother from another mother. News coming out of Turf Moor that former Leicester City women's manager Jonathan Morgan is to be announced as Burnley women's gaffer. Well, isn't that your first team? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> hey, it's Aston Villa talking of teams in Claret and Blue. And let's welcome my guest in this evening, Rich. How the devil are you? Welcome along, sir. I am very well, thank you, and thanks for having me on. It's uh, great to be on the on this channel. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for agreeing to come on. Uh, we've got all your dis- all your sort of um, contacts in the description below on YouTube, but just give a shout out to where people can find you. Yeah, so I've got my own Twitter handle, as you can see, at Southrich, um, but I'm also uh, on uh, Twitter at Villa Park Pod, also on Instagram at Villa Park Pod. We are in the process of just setting up, resetting up our own channel, um, so you'll be able to to get the links to that very soon. Um, we were part of World of Sport TV with Barry, but he's moved to sort of exclusive Newcastle United content, so just took, taking the opportunity to have a couple of weeks break, but we'll be back with our channel uh, relaunching very soon. But look forward to it. Let us know when you do, and we'll, uh, we'll give it a plug for you. Thank you very much. And, of course, it wouldn't be the preview show without <laughs> women's own favourite top totty. It is, of course, the one, the only, wise old Al Craig. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Richard. Hi, everyone. How the devil are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. It was interesting just listening to you, Richard, there about you having a couple of weeks off because that's pretty much reflecting what Villa seemed to have done this season. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. It, it, well, a couple of weeks off with no game, but also like about three weeks off with not actually turning up to to, uh, yeah. to actually play football. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a strange old season for Villa. Um, we've had stages like this throughout the season, obviously, um, to, at the beginning of the season, we had a, a you know a reasonable start, and then we went on that terrible run that ended up costing Dean Smith his job. Stephen Gerrard comes in, we have a little bit of a a bounce, and then we have a bit of a dodgy run. Then we go and win three three games in a row, I think, and now we're on on the back of a four game losing streak. It's mm. just you know obviously you can see what our results have been like. You know it's either win or lose. There's no there's no in between. I think we've only drawn three games all season, so it's um. 
yeah, it's not good. It's not good for the heart, really. You know, supporting them at the moment because it's <laughs> like it's, it's like euphoria or just despair at the minute. So yeah. yeah, it's been a strange old season. We know that feeling, don't we, Craig? <laughs> we do indeed. We do indeed. I mean, you just said how bad your season is, and yet you managed to beat us two nil. <laughs> so really, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's one of the, the the decent results we've had. You know, it's. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's just been so strange, you know, beating teams like Man United, yourselves, you know, uh, Southampton 4-0, Leeds away 3-0. But then you go and lose against the likes of Brentford, Watford at home. It's just been so, so, so inconsistent. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, we, You know, Villa fans will go through this kind of, you know, talk, whether we win a couple of games, it's like, oh, we don't need too many changes in preseason. But then when we go on on the back of this losing run, it's like just change the whole team, just get a whole new team. And it's it's just you can't we can't really predict anything that's gonna happen with Aston Villa at the moment. It sounds very familiar. <laughs> it does, it does. In fact, the funny thing is, I mean, obviously I do, you know, we have these previews with a lot of different channels, and a lot of teams are saying the same. It has been one of the weirdest seasons. I thought it'd be like back to normal this season, the fans being back and everything, but it's been far from it. Dan says, might need you soon, Rich, Rich since we play you guys twice soon. Um, so you must have yeah, Burnley yeah, coming up sure. twice. So. Yeah. Yeah, you you would hope that's six points. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> he knows I'll, we have a love hate relationship, me and Dan. We love ourselves and hate each other. But no, yeah. seriously, mate, Turf, Dan at Turf Morehouse TV is a great guy, and uh, he'll, he'll no doubt he'll um, if he hasn't got it, I'll give him your contact details, and he'll he'll have a chat with you. No TM, our resident Spurs fan. Pop likes to pop on now and again to sort of watch a winning team. Hello, TM. <laughs> How the devil are you? I'm not going to do it just yet. Not going to do it just yet. You spared the Daily Spurs. And LDH, good evening to you as well. Um, let's start off, I mean, talking Dean Smith. You know, I mean, he he was Aston Villa through and through. He brought you up. You had a really good season. Um, and I have to say, like, if you're going to replace a manager, you would hope to replace them with somebody that's going to do better. Mm. Um, Manchester United obviously don't follow that philosophy, but are you, in real terms, any better off now than you were under him before he left? I, I mean, results-wise, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a debatable one because I actually tweeted the other day um, the first sort of ten eleven games under Dean Smith, we were averaging zero point nine points per game. Mm. Um, under Steven Gerrard in this in the 20 games that he's been in charge we've aver- we're averaging 1.3 points per game so on that and that sense you'd have to say that he has improved us a little bit but i think the nature of our runs and our results because we haven't like interspersed our winning runs with one or two draws and it's always been kind of win lose win lose or whatever it looks it looks a lot worse than it actually is but you know, on, on the face of it, if you win one and lose one, it's better than drawing two. But it's just, it's yeah. just the the idea of losing just makes it seem like it's worse. Yes. Um, I think personally, I think I was all for Steven Gerrard. I could see where we were losing um, under Dean Smith in the fact that, you know, without sort of criticising him too much, he did a fantastic job at the club. But you know, we seemed like we were we were Jack Grealish FC under Dean Smith, and every time yes. that Grealish was injured, we went on a terrible run. I think if you look at the results when Grealish wasn't in the side, I think we probably would 
I think you could probably count on one hand the times when we won a game, and that's that's from the Championship and in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and also, I think he was a little bit too nice in terms of you know that ruthless streak needed for some of our players. Now, I think Steven Gerrard, obviously, he's got that you know he's he's got that sort of steely determination about him, that win at all cost mentality. And I think what he's struggling with at the moment is kind of putting that through to the players and maybe it needs one or two either to step up or basically to step out of the club if they're not going to be you know on the bus with with the way that he wants yeah. to be and I think as Villa fans we've got to give him a little bit of time to him to put that imprint on the club because he, he obviously did it at Rangers you know you look at their team now with Van Bronckhurst that's come in with Gerard's Gerard's players and they're you know in the semi-finals of the Europa League so he must yeah. have done something right he must have put some sort of culture in the club whereas what he's trying to do at Villa is change that culture to how he wants it to be so mm. yeah I think the jury is still slightly out with him with with some Villa with some Villa fans but yeah you know Dean Smith did a great job but it was it was time for him to go um but looking at that league table in answer to your question, it doesn't look great. Although we are, you know, five points behind you guys in in ninth or, or something like that. So, yeah. you know, while it looks like we're in fifteenth, as we've already said, there's so many teams in that in that sort of ninth to sixteenth position that are basically mm. similar standard of. And there's a lot of team. different teams on, on different, um, you know, points and games played as well. So I meant to say. Um, Static, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Welcome along. Scott, uh, good evening to you as well. And Talk MU, welcome along, Talk. Uh, hope you've had your garlic bread tonight. Um, I mean, this, <laughs> I think you would echo this, wouldn't you? Uh, what, uh, and hello to Andrew, uh, Craig. Thank you for Mark or Brighton. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? That mm. you know, um, again, a, 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 a lad who was Villa through and through, um, who was just let go. I, I, I mean, you never know the full reasons behind why these decisions are made. You know what's going on at, at, at clubs, but um, whether he thought he was worth a bit more than he was getting at the time, and and sometimes when you come through the ranks, you're almost looked on as a bit of a second class citizen, whereas. Someone new coming into the club gets decent wages or whatever, and it's often you know those stalwarts, as it were, who who get left behind a little bit. I'm not sure whether that's what happened at, uh, at Villa with Albright, but it but it seemed that way that he didn't feel he was valued enough. Um, whether that's through wages or or playing time, I don't know. But uh, he's been a, been a, a decent uh, a decent signing for us, that's yeah. for sure. Particularly, I mean, one of the best free transfers you'll get. Yeah, regret letting him go, Rich. Oh yeah, I think you've. I think you've got to say yes now. Uh, absolutely. How long has he been at, at Leicester now? Was it, it fifty? Was it the relegation? Came, yeah. I think he came before that, didn't he? The, the season yeah. before. I'm just think trying so. to think who let him go because he. He did an interview for another for the Birmingham Mail Villa podcast, and I'm, I watched it, and I'm, I'm trying to remember who let him go. Um, but at the time, did he come it was... to us when we were in the second tier, Craig? Think, when the year I we think came he did, up, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm trying. Right, I'm to... looking up there because I've got a big, <laughs> I've got a big yeah. wall picture up there with us holding the uh, the championship trophy, and I just seem to see if I can see him on it. But I'm I trying can't. to think if it was Paul Lambert or if it was, <laughs> or if it was, if it was before him. But anyway, yeah, he, he, I think it was just 
his contract was up mm. for renewal mm. and whether the club had gone through some changes, a new manager had come in or a manager had left and they just didn't just didn't either see enough of him or felt he was surplus to requirements or something like that. And, mm. you know, managers have their own ideas of what they want to do with the club and, and, and who they want to bring in. And I think you've summed it up perfectly. You know, sometimes these young players, you don't quite know what, you, what you're getting. But at that time, Villa's youth system was, was pretty terrible, to be honest. And we mm. let, you know, Old Brighton's one of those that's gone on to do some really good stuff but we let one or two other young players go and maybe as we got relegated maybe they would have been you know very very handy to have around at, at yeah. that time that we got yeah. relegated because they'd have they'd have stepped right into it but you know of course you don't know about it at that time um but yes as he, as he said he didn't get his contract renewed and then mm. you know good absolutely fair play to him you know he took his opportunity he, he might yeah. not have been one of those players who who got an opportunity at, at mm. a club like Leicester, but he, he took it and then he's a good, he's good, honest pro, isn't he? He'll always he give you oh. six or seven out of 10 every game. And, yeah. and that's what you, you need. You all, you, whether, you know, he has a bad game, I suppose, doesn't he, Craig, like everybody else, but you know, he's always putting a hundred percent in. Yeah. I think the big thing with, with all Brighton is that he, he's the type of guy who wants to feel wanted, mm. you know, and he mm. came into a club, that was going through a, a bit of change. The new owners had come in and trying to create that family feel and make everybody feel important, you know, from the, from the people who run the kiosks all the way through to all the players. And I think it was just probably perfect timing for him, almost being forced out of his family home, uh, but managing to find a new one at Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Terry, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Welcome along to yourself, the wife and the dog. Uh, nice to have you um, here. Now, this is obviously, every, all the games have been mixed up, as I say, this season. Some people are on 33, some are on 30. Uh, I think we're slowly catching up. Um, but I think you've got two games, I think, against Burnley, Dan was saying. But <sighs> earlier in the season, I'll come to you first, Craig. Mm. I mean... Yeah, <laughs> it hurt that one, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the thing is, we were we were in the middle of just being Leicester, you know, <laughs> that we inconsistent, and uh, we could put in some decent performances. But again, looking at that, you know, it's not like us to not be able to hold a lead, is it? Um, yeah, look, luckily, we've we've got rid of that. Jeez. <laughs> Apparently, well, no, we're not holding on to the lead. It's certainly taken over from the conceding from corners. Yeah. Uh, but no, apparently, no. the RSPCA have banned all the Leicester players from having dogs, of course, because they can't <laughs> hold on to the lead. Uh, <laughs> that, no, sorry, that was a bad one. Uh, but, but Rich, were you, were you there? I wasn't actually. No, I wasn't there at this one. I watched it on uh, watched it on Sky, but. I from what I remember, um, I mean, you guys have generally done very, very well against Villa and had a good, yeah, result, yeah. a good record at Villa yeah. Park. Um, so it was one that I wasn't wasn't particularly looking forward to. Um, and I think you guys started really, really well um, and got. A, I think you had one or two really good chances before Harvey Barnes scored. I think mm. that, I think what happened with us is what you just said there i think there was two set pieces that, that were the goals because Ezri, Ezri Konza scored and um, we just managed to score just after you guys did which was you know obviously the best time to mm. to get back in the game and then we, we got another goal from a corner i do remember jacob ramsey score, scoring a goal where he had it chalked off because 
Um, yeah. Kasper Schmeichel had his fingernail on the ball or something, yeah. but yeah. Um, oh, oh, let it go, let it go, mate. You got to, you can't hold on to these. <laughs> but no, it was a it was a good win, and uh, yeah, one of the only times that we've we've actually come back to win a game from from going a goal behind. So mm. yeah, it doesn't happen very often at all in the Premier League these days, unless you're sort of a Liverpool or Man City. Yeah. It hardly ever happens anymore. So. That made it all the more, all the more important. I mean, I mean Craig, just, yeah. No, sorry, we're going to say something. I was just going to talk mm-hmm. about a couple of players mm-hmm. uh, that had come up in the, in that conversation. There, um, Konza is is someone who I really like. Um, I think he he sort of flows under the radar a little bit. I think mean, Tyrone Mings gets all the the sort of headlines in your back four. Um, who I think is again looking from the outside. I think Mings is totally overrated and Konza's underrated in my in my book. Um, how good is Konza? Before this, before this is, I'd say before sort of December of this year. So around mm. around um, that that Leicester game, I think yeah, I'd hundred percent agree with you. He was you know on the verge of an England squad call up. I think um, just effortless, elegant defender. Um, him and Mings were kind of a good foil for each other because Mings, as you say, is the he's the hundred percent man. He's the guy who's going to go in for the header. He's going to go for the clearance. He has the odd lapse in concentration where he's a little bit too casual, but he's very much a leader on the on the field, um, and he will make mistakes. That's just the nature of the player that he is. Whereas Ezri Cons is more quiet, um, more, more sort of. He mops up around Mings or, you know, if there's a fast striker, he'll kind of nip in in front of him and reads the game very well. Um, so they were kind of a good four for each other. Now he got a bit of it. He had, um, I think he got sent off against Leeds and then had a bit of an injury. And then since then, he's not quite re- rediscovered that that form. Um, he's been in and out of the side. We signed Callum Chambers um, on a free in the, the transfer window, in January transfer window. And he actually played very, very well in th- two or three games, the, the 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 three games that we won in a row. Um, and then Konza came back in for him and he, he hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously he's a class class act as a footballer, mm-hmm. um, but he hasn't rediscovered that form. Um, but I do think, I do think Steven Gerrard, you know, rates him very, very highly. And um, I'm sure we'll rediscover that form, whether he's playing, you know, and he's, you know, when you, when a new player comes in in January and you're slightly injured, you might rush yourself back. So you don't lose your place. It it might've been one of those situations, you know, where he's not quite hundred percent fit. Um, But yeah, he's a class act. And um, I think, yeah, I think at that time he was, he was probably up there with one of the best center backs in the league, you know, um, in terms of just reading the game, but just needs to get back up to that, that level of form. And the other one, uh, again, looking from the outside, um, Jacob Ramsey, who again seemed to have a really good first half of the season. But then, and, and whether whether it's a connect, uh, connected thing, since Coutinho's come in, Ramsey seems to have almost taken a back seat. Um, whether he's not been given as much responsibility as Gerard uh, to be able to get forward, I don't know. Uh, obviously, you see them a lot more than yeah. I do. But he looked a really class act as well. So I'm not sure what's happened to him. Young players, you know, by the very nature are up and down a little bit. You know, you can't expect them to, to, uh, to maintain their form, but, but he definitely seems to have dipped. 
Yeah, I think I think you've probably hit the nail on the head with the with the young player thing. I think he's twenty, maybe just turned twenty one. He's got six or seven goals this season, mm. which from midfield is a pretty decent return. And when F- F- Coutinho first, or after his first kind of three or four games to get used to the, the team, him and Ramsey had some had a real sort of connection. You know, he got two goals against Leeds that were that were mm-hmm. set up by Coutinho, and then um, got one or two other goals. Um, and uh, he looked like he was going to absolutely fly, but whether it was just the volume of games that caught up with him a little bit, and maybe, and you know. One of the things is we we seem to have an abundance of midfielders, but they never seem to be fit at all at, at, at the right time. So we've got like I think similar to you guys, but you mm. you know you, you you see all these options that we've potentially got, but the same three midfielders tend to be playing, and maybe even needed a little bit of um, competition behind mm. him, or he needed to be rested a couple of games to just so he's mm. chomping at the bit when he comes back. But he's he's maybe suffered from playing a few too many games, and when you're that young, you sometimes you don't necessarily know how to play it certain mm. games you know if you're if you're all guns blazing you're unplayable but yeah. there's other games where it's not quite happening for you and you need to try and you know um, gauge the game how the mm. game's going pick your moments when to get forward pick your moments yeah. when to just sit in and 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 play the safe passes and maybe he hasn't quite played enough of those games to get that experience you know to mm you know, to kind of never not be an all or nothing type player, yeah. which some games is absolutely anonymous. And you think, well, where was all this hype about Ramsey? What's, what's happened to him? But other games is like, he's, he's on fire and he's, he's the only player that we've got other than say Coutinho who can really carry the ball, you know, since we yeah. lost Grealish. Mm-hmm. So he, there is a really, really good player in there, but it's just, it's just getting that level of consistency up. I think. Yeah. Just finding yeah definitely a talent. Yeah, uh, I mean, as you can see there in in the head to head, I mean, it's pretty close. Uh, we've won ten. Uh, you've won six. Uh, we've won six at home, which is the good news. You've only won two away. Um, but in the last what one, two, three, four, in the last five um, fixtures in the league, we don't like to mention the cup, do we, Craig? <laughs> in the league, the last um, you've only I think one. That last game, oh no, you've won two. You've won two yes. out of the five. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll let you have that other one as well. But you were saying, you were the saying last about, minute, I think, that one. Yeah, probably, knowing yeah. Leicester, it probably Ross was, Barkley, wasn't it, Craig? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but I mean, looking looking there at the um, at the form table, um, and I, I, I've gone that far down just to include Man United on it as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I think it's, uh, I mean, Leicester um, are in ninth there, and I've gone something wrong here because I haven't included um, um, Villa on there. Well, that's not, Villa, that's not good. That's not good. Well, no, and and this is what I'm going to say to you because you know we've we've had an upside down season. I said, you know, we discussed before, but Villa with the current form, as in the last ten games, um, no, sorry, in the last six games, are actually down in sixteenth. In the form table, and you know, looking at this, your away form, you've well, you've won two, lost three. I mean, does it give you confidence going into tomorrow? I mean, you know, you, you're looking at Leicester, and we're sort of throwing leads away like it, it's Christmas. And with your with your away form, how confident do you feel going into that? Honestly, lads. I- I couldn't, I couldn't tell you either way. Like that, that is like, <laughs> mm. it's like, you don't know what Aston Villa is going to turn up. 
we could we could easily come to Leicester tomorrow and get beat four nil, but we could easily go and, and win two nil. Like I, I couldn't tell you, you know, we went, mm. we've been off the back of three or four defeats, and then we went to Brighton away, and you think, you know, Brighton, good team at home, you know, don't lose a lot of games. We beat them two nil. Went to go to Leeds on a Thursday night, and you're thinking Leeds desperate for a win, um, you know, crowd bouncing, tough atmosphere at Ellen Road, and we we batter them three nil. But then you know we go to West Ham and we don't really don't really do a lot and lose two one. So it's so difficult to say like what what as a Villa fan it's so difficult to say like I'd be I'd have to say I'd probably be about sixty forty in favour of you guys mm-hmm. getting the results. You know particularly Leicester getting the atmosphere going. I'm actually I say I'm going tomorrow and it's a ground mm-hmm. that I I really wanted to go to just to see you know what that that atmosphere is like. So you know. Um, Hopefully it's not too loud. Well, loud at the start, but then not too loud it, it, when the game's on. But yeah, you know, I'd probably say it's about 60-40 in your favour. I know you guys have had one or two, you know, sort of patchy results as well. So I think it's a game where both teams really need to get a result just to get back on track. Well, if, you, if you're still in it at 90 minutes, you've got a chance. So. <laughs> this is it. And you're the one to say, because obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down in Dorset. You, you go to the home games, Craig. And there's a lot of talk at the moment about trying to get a singing section together and move people around. Um, we obviously, we've got the clappers, which you either love or you hate. Mm. Um, I think on a cold winter's day, you love them because <laughs> it's not, you know, well, maybe I hate them. How is the atmosphere, Craig? It's a bit down. I'm, I'm a. I always believe that the atmosphere comes off the pitch. You know, mm. when we, you know, they, they hark back to the fact that Leicester and the and the fans were such a huge uh, part of us winning the league, and the, and the atmosphere was fantastic. But then that came from the pitch because we were playing at high intensity. You know, we were getting forward, getting the the ball forward quickly, and now it's more of a sedate. You know, pass, pass, pass. It's difficult for the fans to to get up and maintain that because yeah. you're just waiting for something to happen. And I think the more you see that uh, at grounds nowadays, you know, Man City are often accused of being fairly soporific and uh, and quiet. And again, if you're waiting like five minutes for the ball to get over the halfway line, it's difficult for the crowd to get mm-hmm. up. So. I think that it has been a little bit patchy recently. Um, I would hope that maybe I think more and more um, grounds will go to this rail seating to try and create uh, standing now. But it's difficult once because everybody's now in their season tickets. It's very difficult to move people around. Before it was all you know pretty much season ticketed. You'd go down to the the the, uh, the the old cop as it was at Filbert Street, and you could walk into whichever pen you wanted to, depending whether you wanted to sing or not. So they were all together. So it's yeah. going to be very difficult to create that um, singing section. You'd probably yeah. get it more if you know the the away fans were next to you know, the the most vocal area of support. Um, at the home ground, I think that's when you get the the really good atmosphere when the two sets of fans are bouncing off each other. So mm. it's a difficult one. Um, you know, I'm I'm I, I, the clappers played their part uh, as part of that, and it, it probably encourages more people to to join in than actually would. 
uh, particularly a lot of our older older ones who are all wearing gloves. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It'll be interesting to get your your perspective on that as a as an away fan as to what it's like because because you're down the other end of the the ground to where uh, I am and where a lot of the uh, the, the the singing uh, section is. Very often it, it doesn't translate, so the away fans will think the home team's being quiet. Yeah. and vice versa but uh it's a difficult conundrum uh in most modern grounds i think yeah i mean say hello to red pepper um he doesn't really agree with you on that one rich i think <laughs> he's, he's coming from a villa perspective he's a, yeah he's a, he's a big villa fan he does he does a lot of the voiceovers on like the movie trailers and stuff he's a big big villa fan yeah. as a red pepper so oh, I, I, I i i need somebody to do jingles is he available <laughs> um you know you just say behave scott says here and in fact somebody somebody put a uh a message on the uh on the last video we did for the the post match for the everton and he said he's as a leicester fan he's starting to hide behind the sofa on 85 minutes yeah. <laughs> like, like he used to as kids when doctor who came on yeah. i I'm, I'm just gonna have to buy a dog and take it for a walk on <laughs> the 80 <laughs> minute every week but craig i mean our home form um I mean, we, we know we have to go. We've not lost at home in five. No, I think we've... I, I mean, as we get better, uh, get our players back, get the back four back in place, I think that breeds a little bit of um, uh, confidence in the players uh, going forward, that they're, they're allowed a little bit more freedom because they know they've got a decent uh, back line behind them. I think... Madison has really come into his own um, since Christmas. I think he's he's had a fantastic uh, second half of the season, getting back mm -hmm. to the levels of where he started with us. Uh, and I think his stats are, are the best since he's been at the club. And he looks busy. He looks like he, a player who wants to try and force his way into that England squad after being overlooked so much. That pivot that he's got with Dewsbury Hall on the left has, has been great for us and... and you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of John McGinn uh, at Villa. I, I, I thought we lacked that kind of player, that sort of all-action I'm player. getting worried we we're going to lose you here, Craig. You, you seem to be a big fan of most, most Well, no, they've players. got a lot of good players. But what I was going to go on to say is that I think we found our own in, in Dewsbury Hall because he yes. brings that to us, you know. Yeah. He's been a real find this season. And I think... He's pushing uh, uh, Southgate as well for a, for an England spot. So yeah. we've definitely improved, and um, and we're looking more dangerous. It's still that still hasn't found that right uh, forward line to to be effective. I think mm -hmm. it, you know he's well. It, it's interesting because because now he's got wingers that he wants to play, or a winger, should we say? So he, he's got either Lookman or Barnes. And because he's going down that route and one of them is bound to play, it means we get isolated up front with one up front. So I think that's the bit of the jigsaw that he needs to try try and sort out. Yeah, sorry, just me trying to act back to Red Pepper there. To be um, fair, I don't think you could afford him, Chris. I don't think I could, to be honest no. with you. I couldn't. The funny thing is that, you know, um, I don't, as, as different channels, we all do different things. And I have, I have a lot of ex-players on here. And I, I totally run this channel purely uh, as, as a hobby, a little bit of money to cover costs off YouTube now. And uh, I approached an ex-player who suddenly popped up on um, Facebook and I got a reply from his agent asking uh, how much we paid. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Yep. Okay. Um, I will say his initials are DS, and I will leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love what I love about the modern game, though, is is that they have stats for everything. I'm sure they have stats for you know who goes to the toilet before the game and what have you. Um, but Leicester's stats at home points per game is 1.80. Uh, Villa's away form points per game is 1.13. So you would think from that we we would be sort of you know kind of favourites going into this, but. Looking at the recent form, and I'll come to you first, Rich, there. We, we touched on this earlier. Uh, you, you had a kind of little mini boost when 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 Gerard first came in. Um, you know, you beat Leicester when first time we played you. Um, and obviously the, the, the pupil beat the master, as they say. But there's a lot of teams that have kind of started off well and then sort of dropped off. I mean, you know, like like your Brightons and, you know, West Ham's. Yeah. I mean, they're still doing well, West Ham, but obviously they're not, not where they were. But you had that sort of run when Gerard came in. But, you know, apart from the win over Leeds, and at that point I think most teams were beating Leeds, it, it's just red dots there for you. Yeah, the last the last five games, like you say there, is, is, is really bad. I mean... As I say, the two games before Leeds, I think it was Southampton. We beat four nil and uh, two nil against Brighton. Um, mm. So we did. We those were like a, a run of three in a row, and then but this last four games, I mean, West Ham probably was a was a an even game that they just got the other side that you know the right side of the result. The Arsenal game was very disappointing. We didn't turn up really. We um, yeah, we just we just didn't show that we could compete against the you know, the, the top the top size or, the, you know, the top five or six size. Wolves, local derby, sort of, if you want to say so. Again, didn't really turn up, certainly the first first 45 minutes. And then Tottenham, I mean, that was I was at that game. That was such a strange game because they took a lead early on and then we absolutely battered them in the first half and probably could have scored two or three goals and should have scored two or three goals. Mm. But, you know, they, they worked us out. You know, I think we... You've got to score in the in your spells. If you don't score in your spells, you know we threw everything at Tottenham. They they managed to survive everything that we could throw at them. And then second half, it was just a men against boys. To be honest, they just yeah. went more direct, and we just couldn't handle them. So physically, we we struggle at the moment. We struggle against sides with big big physical players. We haven't got enough. You know, we've only really got Mings and Konsa who are, you know, six foot two, three plus. Every everyone else is quite small. Um, and we struggle with that, so I think that's a, a real area that Gerard needs to needs to focus on um, in yeah. preseason. Just you know that that Wilfred Ndidi type midfielder we've been crying out for for the past four or five years, um, and a, and a, and a target man or you know a big physical presence up front who might not necessarily start, but needs that, that could be an option to to bring on off the bench if we need to go more direct. We we just haven't got that, but yeah. It, th- th- those games have just been an indication of our season. We, we yeah. win, we win one or two in a row, and then we go on a run of losing three or four. Had had yeah. there been a couple of draws in there, it might have looked a little bit better. But it's just the nature of our season at the moment. Yeah, we say hello to uh, Richard. How the devil are you, sir? Uh, a West Ham fan. 
coming in blowing bubbles. Uh, good luck in a couple of weeks, mate, in the Europa semis. Um, hope that goes well for you. Melina, uh, Arsenal fan, hello there. How the devil are you? Hope you are well as well. Um, clinging on to fourth, are we, um, Melina, still by our fingernails? Um, we will see. We will see. I mean... <sighs> Terry says Craig Vardy may well play a part in the game. That's what Rogers has said, and I saw that earlier. I can't see him starting, but he may come on, as Scott said, uh, after 80 minutes. Chowdhury should start. I mean, Mendy can't play in Europe, and Chowdhury can play in Europe. Indeed, he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, a, a big loss, but Mendy's not let us down. But I, I wouldn't be starting Chowdhury in this game, would you? Um. Much as it pains me, Chris, I have to agree with you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me just make, make a note of that in the old diary here. You know? <laughs> yeah, you agree yeah with I, I mean, exactly for the reasons you said, Mendy can't play in Europe. So yeah. um, by all accounts, I didn't see the game against, uh, against Everton, but by all accounts, he played very well again, um, particularly in the first half, uh, running the midfield. So... Um, I can't see why you would change that. He's come back from the African Cup of Nations as a uh, as a winner, um, yeah. and he's playing. He's playing for his future, you know, and he's showing that. Whether that's at Leicester or whether it gets him noticed and he gets a contract elsewhere, you know. So he's putting it all in now. He's putting himself in the shop window. He's playing as well as he's played since he's been at the club. So mm. I wouldn't see any reason to not play him. To be honest, I mean that. He, twice he's been sort of drafted in because of injury. And, and the start of last season and obviously now in this season, my worry is that he'll look at that. and Because, I mean, he nearly went in January because he wasn't included in any squad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he may look at that and go, oh, you know, I'm, as soon as Indeedy comes back, mm. I'm out of it. And it doesn't look like we're going to get, unless we win the Conference, we might not get any European football next season. So... I am worried, and I'd like to keep him, but I can understand it if he wants to leave. I mean, there's Leicester fans there, Craig, mm. and we were just speaking to Rich then about his his last uh, five games. I mean, it's I feel it's doom and gloom, but when you look at that, we've only lost one in five, and like I say, we, we're we're beaten in five at home. Yeah, I think if you again take out the the time added on in the last two games, and we've got another what uh, three points. Um, so we yeah. threw two away, uh, and we'd have had a point against uh, against Newcastle, and arguably we should have we should have won both of those games mm. um, comfortably. So I think it, it's painted. It looks worse than the performances are. We're just not being street smart when it comes to seeing games out. You know, Brendan has this thing that he needs to break uh, in in which his way of defending a lead is to just bring on more defenders, not realise what's got you into the position of winning the game in the first place. You know, Mendy had played fantastically and then he, he brings on another defender, takes him off and brings on a Marty. You know, we've seen it when he's brought on Vestergaard to try and see out games. And no, was God, yes. That was, that was my so, Brendan Bellend shout. And yeah, um, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. You know, mm. you, all you do, end up doing is inviting pressure to me the best form of defense is to have the ball in the opposition's half but we tend to sit back and you know Brendan's done a few uh, things that have encouraged me you know his substitutions in the European game 
were great, realised yeah. it wasn't working and was brave enough to do them. But this is one that he constantly seems to do, tries to defend a lead by bringing on more defenders. And and I say, it hasn't worked for us. So no. he needs no. to he needs to cut that out uh, and trust. And, and it's, it's, it's a trust thing, isn't it? Trust yeah. the players who have been playing well for 80 minutes, you know, yeah. that they can see the game out. Because, I mean, you, you saw the reaction of... Uh, I think when that goal went in, sorry, Chris, uh, yeah. the reaction of Keen, uh, Dewsbury Hall, you know, who was just on the floor, banging his hand on the floor in frustration, you know, and, and the players must must feel that, you know, that they're letting valuable points slip away. Do you make his make? Do you think Rodgers is making sometimes substitutions for the sake of making substitutions? I mean, I know we've got two games a week between now and you know, as long as we're in the in the in in, in Europe, and you know, obviously, um, Rich was saying you know Villa haven't played for a while, but I do feel like I mean he made some changes and I can't remember which game it was, but he took off Barnes and put Luckman on. Mm. And he took off a, a midfielder and put another midfielder on. So he wasn't actually changing. He was changing the personnel. And it is obviously yeah. kept off to keep, you know, t- you know, um, fit for the next game. So why bring them on at all? I just, it's those sort of substitutions that it's not really going to affect the game. If you're going to make changes, change the actual whole system. I think it depends, though, because in the in the European game, um, he took Barnes off and brought Luckman on because he could see that was an area that we should be exploiting, mm. but the individual playing wasn't doing it. So I think he saw that the shape was right and we could uh, we could hurt them. It's just the personnel were wrong. But what mm. he does, which is frustrating, is that he contradicts himself. You know, he came out after I think it was the Newcastle game being disappointed that we'd gone long. And he and, and I think his quote was, control the ball and you control the game. So I don't understand why you then take Mendy off to bring on another defender, because that mm. goes purely against, you know, contradicts what he's come out and said. So you, you bring players on who can control the ball. And Mendy was very often his go-to player late in games mm. to control the ball. And we weren't having that problem of seeing games out. He was brought on to see a game out and now he's seen as an issue and he gets changed. So it's, yeah. it's typical Brendan, to be honest, you, you know, you, uh, it's, 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 it's frustrating. One, isn't it's it? frustrating. It's the weird one. Um, LDH says he's got to go. Good luck for tomorrow. Cheers, mate. All the best. Um, I want to. I want to start off with which. I want to talk Cortinio. Mm-hmm. I mean, a great, a great capture for you. Have you got him on loan at the moment? Have you got an option yes. to buy? Uh, yeah, we do. I think they're going through the negotiations now. But you know, as as is the case, he's available for a cut price, but with high high wage demands. Mm. So you know, there's other clubs circling around looking to to get a deal done. So I don't know. It depends if the Gerard factor. You know, it depends firstly how he finishes the season yeah. and then on the Gerard factor and whether we can whether we can do a deal um and whether it's viable for the club, you know, it's always one of those things. He's a fantastic footballer and probably probably the best player that we've ever signed, I would say. Um, you know, at one point he was the you know, he's the well he is the third most expensive player in the world or was at one point. Mm. You know, obviously Grealish is probably the best player that we've had for our club who's come through. Um, 
but yeah, he's he's probably the best player that we've signed, you know, certainly technically. Um, but it, it, it's a strange one. He's going to be one of those players where if you offer him, you know, three, three fifty grand a week, what does that do for the rest of the players? What does that do for the rest of your wage structure mm. in, in the club? You know, are yeah. you going to have other players knocking on the door saying, you know, I, I, I've scored X amount of goals. I, I deserve to be on this wage or that wage. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic player and one that I don't think Villa fans would have even dreamed of being able to sign. But whether it's going to be a one for the long term, I'm not too sure. Mm. Um, but I'm also hearing rumours that like Luis Suarez could be signing in, in, in pre-season. So I don't know. I don't know what... what you'll be, you'll be like a Liverpool down. B team, won't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So Daniel, well, all we need is Daniel Storage to turn back turn yeah. up again and... That's true. Well, uh, as far as he's coming back, he'll he'll add a bit of bite to your team. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, he's a great player and, um, (laughs) you know, he he can be, he can be in and out of games, but when he's in the game, he's, you know, I don't think there's many better in in world football than than him. I can see the opposition if he does play the first game, they're all coming out in American uh, football style, you know, with big shoulder pads. (laughs) (laughs) They're safe. I mean, Craig, going back to Coutinho and all joking aside, I mean, he was linked with Leicester virtually every transfer window because yeah. of the Rogers link. And I must admit, I kind of had a little bit of hope that we might get him. But like Rich was saying then with the wages and, and that, it probably would have not fitted into the club in that way. For me, I think if you're bringing in a player like Coutinho, you've got to be prepared to build your team around him. Mm. Um uh, and and that will be, I think, part of uh, the decision that Gerard has to make as well. Is he prepared to build the whole team around him? Is he consistent enough? Does he stay fit long enough? Because you build your team around one player and then that one player's out and then you've got an issue. Um, I, I mean, I think if we'd have had him, it would have blocked probably the progress of Dewsbury Hall this season, yes. maybe. Would have blocked the progress of uh, of Madison. So I'm not sure where he would have fitted in, to be honest. He, he would have played if we'd have brought him in, but then to the detriment of other players. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not... I think he's done well for Villa and he showed that he's, he's still a quality player who can play at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, I just question his long-term motivation. Um, uh, it's one thing coming into a league and knowing that you're there on loan. You know, if signing a longer contract... You know, would he be as committed to it? I think there's a lot, lot to take into it. And as you say, you know, signing a player on big wages can disrupt the rest of the team as well. You know, you've been down that route um, and lost players because of it. So, I think it's a tricky one for for Villa in the close season. I mean, you very similar to us as well in terms of the one part of the pitch that you've not really sorted is that front line. You know, I thought yeah. I thought Ings was a great signing. To be fair. But that's not really worked out. Whether you know him and and uh, and Watkins can play together, I know he's tried it a little bit. Watkins to me looks like a player who loves running the channels, but they doesn't get in where it hurts to score enough goals. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's that's which you would have thought that's where Ings would have come in, but um, but we've not managed to do it either. We've got Daka, we've got Vardy, we've got Ian Acho, all really good strikers. If you could mesh them together, then you'd have a fantastic striker. But it's it's that bit that we've not got right, and I think it's pretty similar for Villa. 
I think it shows with where the where both teams are in the table and you look at the other teams in those similar positions and they're all missing the same pretty much exactly the same thing. They're all missing a striker that can bang in. I know the I know the strikers really that aren't scoring a huge amount of goals, but even if it's just that presence up front that mm. all those teams in that, that area, probably Bar Brentford, are missing that that forward player to either knit things together to be a nuisance up front or a, or a consistent goal scorer, you know, mm. Leicester, Villa, Brighton, Southampton, mm. um, all those teams in that in that area are missing that that player. Yeah, and that's why we are where we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I want to. Uh, <laughs> this is very true. Um, I'm gonna. I want to ask you about uh, Ollie Watkins. Um, it was obviously was a, a Dean Smith purchase. And they obviously had that connection from from before. Are you worried about losing him? Could, could you do you think you could lose him? Um, I, I like him. Um, I, I, to be honest, I'll be fairly. I, I'm like this with all of the players, barring one or two. I'll be fairly nonplussed if he goes or stays. Like I'm not that bothered. Right. Um, he, you know, um. Craig not, not hit the nail on the head. He does so much work and so much running that sometimes when he's in, when he's actually in the right position to put the chance away or score or try and score a goal, he's knackered because he's done all that work. And you just think like take ten percent off of ten ten percent away of the running that you do, and you might get thirty percent more goals because he's just he does too much in other people's. He takes too much away from other people's jobs rather than focusing on the job that he's meant, this is my opinion, obviously, rather than the the actual job that he's paid to do, which is put the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah. So, and it, we've, tri- we've tried him. He's, he's a player who tries to work on his game, uh, you know, a hell of a lot, which I do give him real credit for, you know, in terms of the levels of improvement that he's gone up over the, over the years, you know, starting in non-league football, Exeter, Brentford, then Villa, England, you know, it's fantastic what he's done, but it's it's those one percent now he's looking for those improvements. And in certain games, his touch isn't quite there, or his hold up play isn't quite there, or his or his runs that he's making they aren't they aren't quite there. Mm-hmm. And it's that that's potentially going to stop him from taking Villa to that next level where we yeah. need to be. And I don't know, you know, bringing in someone like Steven Gerrard, it's it's a winner or cost mentality, and it's you either with him or you're not, or you're out the club. So yeah. he even needs to step up, as do so many other players. You've mentioned John McGinn before, how good a player he is. He's in the same boat. You know, I wouldn't be that bothered if he left because has he hit that ceiling? Can he go any further? Mm. I don't know. And that's probably a similar thing with, with Ollie Watkins. It's not that I don't like him or I don't think he's a good player. It's just it's a, it's a, it's a real crossroads for Villa at the minute. And are the players mm. willing to step up and, and take us to the next level? If not... Yeah. That then they need to be moved on. Brilliant. Well, what we we'll do is we're going to have a look at possible lineups. Um, but first of all, just have a very, very, very quick break. <laughs> no, we won't. That was the wrong one. <laughs>
I do that always to catch Craig out. I was that was very fortuitous because I I very very nearly well I did click on the uh, my win my win jingle. So maybe that's a foretelling of what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, if anybody wants any um, Leicester till I die merchandise, you've got the how the devil are you. Um, top there, as you can see, and lots of t shirts, jumpers, key rings, and everything. Uh, it's the three W's dot letterdillidie.com forward slash shop, and you can find everything on there. Now, normally, when we do this, we usually sort of in the past, Craig and, and we have tried, well, Craig has tried to pick the team, but I mean, this season it's just been in, impossible. So, what, what, what I've done, uh, uh, this, this week is we're going to do it this way, and this is. Um, it's it's fabmob.com and they do a sort of a possible lineup and what they think the lineups might be uh, for tomorrow's game. So I thought this could be interesting, see if, what we think of, of their choices. So as the home team, Craig, I, I'll come to you. Um, mm. As you can see there, he's gone, or they've gone, sorry, with Schmeichel in goal, Thomas Slonchu for Farna Piera, uh, Mendy, Tillemans, and then Barnes, Madison, or Brighton just behind in Acho. What what do you think of that? Um, not too bad, to be honest. Uh, mm. I'd probably bring in Castagna for Thomas. Um, yeah. I'd quite like, I'd, I'd, I'd be more than happy if it was Fafana and Soyuncu, to be honest. Um, uh, and again, Barnes, Barnes, uh, I guess Barnes is our uh, our Ollie Watkins, and it's yes. it's just so frustrating, um, Barnes, because he's got so much talent, but he just seems to lack a footballing brain, mm. uh, and and it's you know it's frightening as to to the player he could be, um, but I'm not, I, I just don't know. I don't know whether he whether he's going to make that next step or not. Um, so I, I don't think that will be a million miles away, to be honest. My concern with that, though, Craig, is Tillemans, I mean, they've not put KDH in there. They're obviously giving him a break. But yeah. how many more games can Tillemans go on playing when he's playing twice a week? Because he's starting the European ones. And yeah. to be totally honest with you, we would be silly not to start him in the European ones. I mean, for me, I, I wouldn't be starting with Tillemans. The guy, he's looking tired. I think he, ne he needs a break. No, you're probably right. Actually, I, I hadn't noticed that he wasn't there. I think I think he's going to be playing every game um, at KDH. So, mm. yeah, I don't. I mean, Tielemans has been disappointing again. You know, he can do some great things, but he does some really, really silly things as well, and gives the ball away in dangerous areas, um, which has cost us. To to be honest. Yes, um, it has recently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a tricky one. I'd I'd like to see him try and find a way of getting back to two up front um, to try and. Bring hey, come the best on! Out. You know, this is Brendan we're talking about. That yeah. worked. So you know, he's not going to go back to that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd. I, I mean, I think he could do it. I mean, uh, it was touched on earlier. I, I didn't realize um, that he was talking about when he was talking about playing um, Chowdhury. He wasn't dropping. Um, uh, Mendy he was he was mm. basically dropping Tielemans, I think. Um, yeah. so that 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 axis of of Mendy and uh and, and KDH could work, and then you've got Madders and uh and Barnes or Luckman, and, and you can have two up front, so he could make it work in an old fashioned yeah. 4 4 2. Yes, um, 
And that could I'd love work to because... see Tilwalk front again. You know me. I'm a yeah. I know, yeah. and, and I don't think Barnes' form sort of uh, warrants um, warrants a, a regular start at the moment. So no. it'd be nice no. for him to actually take a chance in the game and try something a little bit different in the big. I mean, he's come out this week as he said, you know, the points that we've dropped in the last two games means that we that sort of slight outside chance of a top six seven finishes has all but gone. Yeah. So yeah. he's got nothing nothing uh, other than to try things out now uh, with a view to next season. So exactly. I'd like I mean, that to happen. I'd like to see a couple of the youngsters on the bench as well. To- totally. And I, I still go back to that first FA Cup um, round, uh, third round, when it was sort of in the middle of all the games being cancelled for, for COVID with the players. And we couldn't cancel the FA, but we could play who we wanted. And we yeah. we put, I think, I think we ended up with six um, youth players on the pitch at the yeah. end and, and we destroyed Watford um, I'm not sure about Albrighton and no disrespect to him but I just feel he's more could be more effective a bit like Vardy we've been saying you know where he comes on for the last 20 minutes when the defence is tiring yeah. uh, I think if you had him and Vardy both in that sort of position you know coming on at the end mm-hmm. that that could be lethal uh, I honestly think that could be lethal I but, think I think yeah. with that again if you if you've got I mean, whether it's Perez. Um, oh, sorry, you say that name and it sends shivers down my spine. But whether it's, <laughs> I, I think in some ways, Perez and Luckman are a more dangerous pairing than Barnes and Albrighton because, in the same way that Liverpool's front three play narrower, our wingers, Albrighton, when he plays with Albrighton and Barnes, he seems to want them to stay wide, which means your central guy gets mm. isolated and whoever's playing in behind him gets isolated. Whereas with Liverpool, whoever is playing either side of Firmino or Jota are encouraged to come inside and make three and be dangerous and make diagonal runs. Yeah. Whereas our wing is same wide. So, I, I mean, a Perez and, and Lookman would be probably more dangerous if he's going with one up front. I, I, I will clip that and I will remind you of that. <laughs> you actually <laughs> saying Perez could be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, twenty minutes in three and a half years, we've seen him be dangerous, mate. Let's not go. Let's not go, go ahead of ourselves, Rich. I mean, that looking at your team, and if you can see that there, Martinez in goal, four across the back, Young Mings, uh, Konza, and Cash. Um, three across the middle, Ramsey, Lewis and McGinn with Coutinho just behind the front two of Watkins and Ings. Is is that far off what you, th- what you think the starting lineup may be? Yeah, I don't think that's too far off. I mean, Ashley Young at left back um, will be starting. I mean, we signed Luca Dean, uh, but he's pretty much out for the rest of the season with a broken collarbone. Yeah. Um, so it looks like Ashley Young for the rest of the season. Obviously, we let Matty Target go to um, go to Newcastle. He's doing very well there, yeah. so that was a bit of a a bit of a move that's bit us in, bit us in the backside a little bit. So I'd be glad if Albrighton's playing down that that right hand side because it, you know it's a bit of a less of a tough type battle for Ashley Young. You know, in terms of mm. pace, anyway, at least. Um, the only the changes I could probably see are Louise. Um, possibly out and Nakamba in, um, or whether he takes Ramsey out and puts Louise slightly further forward in that three in that sort of midfield three. Um, but yeah, Nakamba might come in just to just to um, look after James Madison. 
Um, and then he may, I mean, uh, this is probably what I would do. Um, so I'm playing the Canberra and, and not Louise. Um, and he may go with a 4-3-3 formation um, mm-hmm. and take Ings out and have sort of Leon Bailey maybe down one wing, Jacob Ramsey down the other, and Ollie Watkins through the middle and then the midfield of Coutinho, McGinn and Nakamba, as I said. Um, but yeah, I don't know, because I just think playing all your cards, we haven't got any other strikers, so playing all your cards at the start of the game, it's, it's you know, you, you tend to go mm. two up front when you need a goal. But yeah. at the moment, we've got started with two up front, not scored any goals, and then got then gone to a 4-3-3, which is a bit of a strange one, really, because you, you, you're taking one more player out of the middle. So, yeah, yeah I, I, that's probably what I would do, but I don't think that's going to be too much different to what's going to start, possibly in the camber in for Louise. That, that would be the only one. Yeah. And just looking at, at the injuries here... Um, <laughs> Ryan Bertrand um, for us, Wilfred Indeedy, James Vardy, uh, Jamie Vardy, although he could play some part tomorrow. I have a feeling he might be kept uh, in cotton wool, ready for Roma, uh, Craig, I think, on that. And mm. Bubaki Samara. Samara and to be honest with you, look at that, Craig. That's probably the best our, our uh, injury list has been all season. I think it is, to be honest. I mean, we've yeah. we've gone into games this season with two goalkeepers on the bench. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> Um, but there's definitely there's definitely a few youngsters who are looking very promising that I would love mm-hmm. to see on the bench. Um, Popov um, looks to be doing really well. Uh, a, a, a classic number nine uh, who's done well. He's made the step up to the under 23s from the under 18s this season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we, we've got a few and we've got a couple out on loan as well. It's going to be interesting, but I, I would definitely like to see them starting to get places on the bench. So if the game's going well, you can see. He has, he has done in the past when our injuries were quite quite bad. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. Will Alves came on and, and had a, a fantastic fifteen-minute cameo. I think so. Yeah. It'd be nice to see a few of those. Yeah, and I think there you mentioned Dean Rich and. Courtney House is doubtful as Courtney well. An abdominal. Horse, yeah, sorry. he's he. Yeah. Those two are definitely out. We've also right. Morgan Sanson's picked up another injury. He can't seem to keep to stay fit. And um, Bertrand Traore as well. He's he is another one who can't seem to get fit. So he's mm-hmm. he's out for tomorrow as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, at the moment, the team's kind of he, he's a little bit hamstrung by players that we've got out on loan. Um, and also, you know, one or two injuries that have that have come in, and, and again, like I think we probably need a win. I don't like. I don't think any relegations is anything like on the cards. But you, you know, you you kind of want that win just to get you to that thirty-nine points, just to just to allay any fears. And then I think yeah. we'll see probably quite a few changes up towards the end of the season. I, I do think there's been an element of that the last few games. Um, yeah. I don't think he banked on losing four in a row, but I, I think there was an element of sort of giving a few players minutes to sort of see, you know, play. You, you're playing for your place in the team for next season. I need to see what yeah. you're all about. But I think we need a win just to kind of allay any fears with um, lingering fears of any sort of relegation battle. Yeah. And then it, you'll see quite a few changes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you make a very good point there, Scott. I was going to say it. Fafana is still uh, fasting, so he might be given a, 
um, so, uh, uh, the game off. Uh, Louise, good evening. How the devil are you? And Scott just says there are a few players that he'd like to see come on. Uh, just to go quickly through some did you knows and then we'll uh, come to the dreaded score predictions. Um, which I have not, I didn't have a very good week. I've got to admit it. I think I got two points in last week's predictions, but Brad only got one. And and Steve Linux, even he got he got seven. So, I mean, shows how bad me and uh, me and Brad were. But um, looking at uh, some, uh, let's just get up there. Did you knows? Um, so a couple for each team. Uh, Harvey Barnes has been involved in five goals in his last four Premier League matches against Aston Villa. Four goals and one assist against no side has he scored more in the division than when facing Villa. While only against Burnley six has he been has he been involved in more goals. Uh, maybe maybe we should hope he starts tomorrow. Yeah. Um, uh, Aston Villa Villa are looking to complete their first league double over Leicester since two thousand and three four. By God, wow. before before most of us were born. <laughs> after the 2-1 win at Villa Park in the reverse fixture um, yeah, we won't talk about that uh, Leicester City have won their past three home Premier League matches last enjoying a longer run between August and December 2019 when they won seven in a row uh, let's hope that continues and oh, this is a long one for Villa um, the villains have been defeated in the last four Premier League matches. Sorry to remind you, Rich. <laughs> last, last losing five in a row in October and November under Dean Smith. If they are beating this match, it would be the second time this season that a side have lost five in a row under two different managers, along with Norwich City with Daniel Farke and Dean Smith. So, uh, do you like those? Craig normally don't like my did you knows, they, they, but I think they're quite positive for Leicester this well, time. Well, yeah, they're definitely a lot more positive for us than they are for Villa. So, um, <laughs> yes, let's yeah. hopefully that those those continue. Uh, you see, I'm I'm starting. You see, with the old psychology here. You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, we've been. I'm just checking. We're actually unbeaten. We've not won. We were beaten in eight home games. And we know what that means, though, doesn't it? It's going to end tomorrow. And as soon as I say that, that that's the end. Um, a quick question before we get on to the scores. Uh, last question in, and we'll say we'll get on to the scores. Uh, Terry says, here's a question. Does Rich know why um, His Royal Highness William supports Villa? Uh, I don't off the top of my head. I can't remember. Um yeah. Honestly, I can't remember why it is, but he's he's certainly he certainly like rekindled his passion. Like he really got a real passion for Villa when we when we were when we were in the championship, and then sort of mm. since then he's he's kind of kept it kept it going. Um, he's been at, been to you know a fair few games for. for I was going to say, does he turn you up know, games? He's been, <laughs> yeah, he's he's been a couple of three or four home games he's been at one or two away games you know when he can get there i mean he even like coincided the family holiday so he could go to like one of the away games <laughs> you know obviously doesn't sit in with the with the villa fans but yeah I yeah say, does, does he does he get like you know the trumpets to blow him on when he comes out? <laughs> <laughs> no do you know what? i think he's pretty down to earth as a, as a you know, when he goes to the games, so it yeah. would be amazing to see him in like the away end or whatever, like bouncing <laughs> with the Villa fans. But he hasn't quite got there yet. But um, yeah, if no. you've seen some of the celebrations at Wembley, you know, when we got promoted from the from the playoffs and stuff, he seems to have a weird, well, not a weird friendship. It's not weird at all, but a bizarre sort of friendship with um, John Carew. Um, 
Yeah. They, they seem to be like best mates that when it, when whenever there's a game where he's at, John Carew's in the in the box with him. So ah. it's uh it's they've struck up a friendship well, uh, Prince got... William and John Carew. <laughs> we got we got top on the pitch when we won the FA Cup jumping up and down. So you know you, know, you oh, never yeah, know. I'm sure, I'm sure we, you, if we you won, if we know. somehow won the FA Cup or won the Premier League like you guys have done in, in recent years, I'm 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 sure we'd be on the pitch with all the fans. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to um, just do some score predictions. As um, Craig will know, obviously, because he's, he's on here every week, uh, we get some ex players to do the predictions. And they're not always nice ones, are they, Craig? Sometimes no. they're they're more brutally honest than, than yeah. The fans. I think they are definitely honest. Mm. Yes, yeah. Last season I actually won this, but this season I'm uh, I'm doing a Norwich City, and I'm mm. at the bottom because I'll never predict against my team. So I've been I've been buggered this season. But Ian Wilson, you know, he's gone for a high scoring game. He's gone three two to Leicester. Uh, Ian Marshall has gone two one. Um, Steve Linux has gone one nil. Uh, that might it doesn't usually go for Leicester, but I think that might be something with him being a Baggies fan. Mm-hmm. I think that it might. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, Jerry Taggart's gone two one. Um, Steve Walsh, he's now he's gone for the draw one all. The only one that's not gone for a win. And I had to. I went as well with a two one for uh, Leicester City. Craig was a home fan. Um, oh, and we've, we've got we've got we've got a Spurs fan on side. Thank you, TM. Two one to Leicester. And evening, Rich. How are you? You you just coming in at the end, um, as the actress said to the Archbishop. But nice of you to pop in, uh, Craig. Where 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 do you see this game ending up score wise? Um, I, I'm I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Ian Wilson. I'm going to go for a three-two as well. I think there'll be goals. And, wow. uh, I'd like to see us just just edge it. Oh, please, please. I mean, you know I've got a dicky heart. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Obviously, we'll be three 0 up when it gets to ninety minutes. Well, of course, <laughs> of course. That's my that's my that's my worry. You know, um, Rich. How do you see it going? Um, as I said earlier, you know, it, it could easily be, um, it could just so easily be a Leicester win, um, comfortably or a Villa, a Villa win. Like it just depends what Villa turn up, but I'm very similar to you, Chris. I can't not back my team. So I'm going to say two nil Villa. Ooh, clean sheet. Mm. Do you think that, I mean, you know, you've seen how we've gone on. You've seen, you know, the, the sort of when we played you last time, you know, we've had a different defence every time we've, you know, we've played in them first sort of 15 or 20 games, didn't we, Craig? You know, the, yeah. the, the team talk was literally Brendan sort of introducing the back four to each other. Um, so do, do you think this is going to be a tougher game? I mean, you've gone for 2-0, but, you know, are you do you wish you were playing us then again rather than now? Um, poss- possibly, yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd have to say, yeah, you don't want to be playing a team coming off the back of a 4-0 defeat, which was the fourth defeat in a row. And then mm. obviously looking at your guys' results, it's been fairly, you know, fairly steady, fairly solid. Um, you know, I, I would say that, you know, when you, whether you, whether you, um, uh, go, whether you draw or lose that game, you know, against Everton, when you can see the last minute goal, it feels like a defeat, whatever, whatever oh God, happens, yes. you know, it feels yeah. like a defeat. And obviously you had the situation in the Newcastle game as well. So while it will be, you want to arrest that 
straight, you know, that straight away. I'm as, just going to take that knife that Richie's sticking in my back <laughs> out here. <laughs> it, 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 isn't, it isn't necessarily a bad time to be playing, you know, when you've when you've gone through a couple of games that have mm. that have gone the you know gone the wrong way for you guys. So I think it's one of those where we've had two weeks to stew on a result and all those games that have happened across the, these last two weeks for Villa fans, you know, the, the anxiety on Twitter has gone to rid- ridiculous levels. You know, Burnley getting a result yesterday, every, everyone's thinking Villa are going to get relegated and stuff all, all of a sudden. <laughs> so it, I think it just needs a result for us just to just to get things back on track, yeah. as I said before. Um, and, I, and we're usually a pretty decent side. If we get the, if we take the lead, um, I can see us, you know, just just sitting in and, and defending sort of pretty doggedly, and then that should hopefully open up the spaces for the likes of Coutinho and and you know Ollie Watkins down the channels to sort of hit hit uh, mm. hit teams on the break. But if you guys take the lead, I can't see us can't see us getting back into it at all. No. But, um, but yeah, I'm just hoping that we that we do go on to take the lead and then sort of see out a pretty solid victory. Being two weeks without a game. Uh, Craig, it, it's not always an advantage, is it? No, you, you know, you have a lot of time to stew on things, don't you? And uh, you can almost overthink things. Sometimes it's it's good to get straight back out there. Um, but, you know, it, it also gives you a chance to get players back who may have been carrying some knocks, uh, get some um, sort of rest back into the legs and to, and to almost go back to basics a little bit, you know, look at what was working well for you. You know, when you have that quick turnaround time, you don't really get the opportunity to step back and have a look. Now you've probably been given that and you can say, right, let's start looking at, uh, at the games that we were doing well in and why were we doing it and, and maybe go back to that. So, you know, it, it can work either way. It can, indeed. Look, thanks very much both. Um, Rich, you, as I said at the start, your links are in the uh, description below. But just again, give a shout out to where you uh, can be found on uh, on the old internet. Yeah, of course. So we're on Twitter and Instagram at Villa Park Pod. Um, our podcasts are on all all platforms. Uh, as I say, we've had a couple of weeks break at the moment. Um, just while well, we're relaunching our YouTube channel and and getting everything back on track, but you can listen to you know past episodes if if you so wish and and give us a, a follow on uh, on Instagram and Twitter um, and look out for when we are when we are relaunching. But uh, yeah. yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's been great yeah. fun. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, Craig, of course, is available at, at Top Toppy Totty on uh, Twitter. <laughs> now, at Craig Bird, isn't it? It's, it's simple for Craig. There's no, there's uh, nothing hard to find. Craig, he's easily found. Um, which is at his age, he can go missing. So his wife's really happy about that. <laughs> Thanks very much to both of you. I'll say, if you go around in the green room, I'll come straight and have a quick chat about the quiz. And um, thank you very much for both popping in. No problem. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, Rich. Cheers. Thank you. No problem. I can't say good luck to to the opposition, can I, really? Because I I wouldn't mean it. I'd be, well, you know what it's like. Don't wish them any luck at all. Only after we've only after we've beaten them at the uh, tomorrow. Three o'clock on Saturday. I still I still can't get my head around the fact that we've got a three o'clock on Saturday kickoff. But we will be back. Uh, well, I'll be back at nine o'clock. I'll be going now for a quick rub down with the Wet Daily Mail, and I'll be back on Turf Morehouse TV at nine o'clock with um uh, with the prediction show. Uh, let's hope I do better this week than I did last week. 
and we will be back tomorrow at um so what time is it kickoff is at three o'clock so it's 2 30 uh we will be uh, here for the um watch along again once again thanks a lot to rich and as always thanks a lot to my wise old owl that's craig and i will see you tomorrow if i don't see you on turf channel good night now thanks for watching lester till i die this is chris saying goodbye and see you next time Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.